It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 6.07 on a Saturday morning, broadcasting live this morning from the Swanee Pike Nursery. And we'll be here until 9 o'clock this morning. And yes, I am getting volume on my headphones. Thank you, Lorenzo, because we have a crack engineering team consisting of Lorenzo Kemp here at the Pike Nursery in Swanee, as well as a crack co-host, Miss Mickey Gazaway, who'll be with us this morning until 9 o'clock as well. And of course, doing her usual laying on of the green thumb to make sure that uh, if you come in, you're gonna go out with something. Even if you don't like a purchase, Mickey will take her right thumb, lay it on your right thumb, and you'll know how to garden. Isn't that right, Miss Kazan? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> I was interviewed yesterday by somebody who said, your garden just must be gorgeous and you must never kill a plant. <laughs> oh, gee. <laughs> oh my gosh, no, heavens to Betsy. I ended up saying some, I can't remember what I exactly said, but I, I said failure is always Absolutely. just the next day, perhaps, in my garden. Mine too. Absolutely. We've been, we killed out all our sod last fall. Yeah. And so now we're getting ready to lay new sod, so it doesn't look very good yeah, right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All dug up and muddy and stuff like that. Yeah, it looks bad. There's always an adventure in gardening. Yeah. And Mickey and I have had a number of adventures together and separately in our various gardens over the years. But if you want to come to the Pike Nursery at Swanee, you're going to have an adventure all in itself because we have lots and lots of things to give away. One of which is the Chateau Elan. If I'm not mistaken, we do have Chateau Elan, which is right over yeah. in the corner there. Yes, the Chateau Elan giveaway, the uh, one night uh, stay at Chateau Elan, plus two massages, ooh, 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 a couple's massage. Or if you're selfish, just go get two massages by yourself back to back we don't care either way you want to run it that's fine with us only people who come to the remote by the way get to register for the uh, for the chateau alon giveaway we got tickets to see kenny rogers in concert at chastain park amphitheater we got breakfast courtesy of chick-fil-a at moore road we've got all sorts of information to give you as well and all you have to do is join us. Again, 404-872-0750 is our phone number, or join us live at the Pike Nursery, Swanee, 1105 Peachtree Industrial Boulevard. And get your free ladybugs. And get, oh, that's right, today's ladybug, ladybug day. Have any of them escaped yet, Mickey? No, but they smell up the... They, they do. They, when ladybugs... All right, we don't mean that in a mean no, no. way. But ladybugs, when they're alarmed, and these are alarmed ladybugs, because they're not sure where they're going to end That's up this right. afternoon. But these ladybugs <laughs> that Pike gives, gives away once a year come in little packs. And how many are in a pack, Mickey? I don't know. A hundred, maybe? Uh, yeah. not, not, not a lot. I not mean, it seems like I'm a lot to guessed, you. But the, the ladybugs are thinking, what? You're going to here, too? We're all going, where are we going now? <laughs> and so the ladybugs are here, and they uh, one pack per person, per, or per purchase, I should say. Yeah, and if you do, if you don't notice it, but it's when it's in the office and it's closed yeah, up in the office. In the that's office when you smell up. it. I mean, they're not stink bugs by any means. They're not that bad, but they when they get alarmed, as I mean, frankly, Mickey, if you and I were put together in a little box that size, we'd smell too. You probably so. Well, mm. so pretty badly, Speak as a matter of fact. I'm not going to say anything further about that. We don't need to talk about ladybugs. Although one of the things I do want to talk about is. 
whenever you think about how to how to prevent insects in the garden and in the landscape, always think about the beneficial insects Absolutely. that are present. And ladybugs being one of them, and yep. honeybees being the other one of them, and all the other smaller predator, uh, smaller beneficial insects, the pollinators that we really don't think about sometimes. Right. And I will. I'm glad it's early in the morning, Mickey, because I will say something right now that I worry a little bit about, and I'll tell you what it is. I worry that there's going to be more spraying for mosquitoes this year because of the Zika virus. And I don't think that that's an unusual worry. I mean, my gosh, think about all these young women who are worried about yep. effects in pregnancy and unborn children and things like that. And Zika virus has mutated, so it's no longer a harmless little virus that doesn't make you very sick. It can do all sorts of damage. And I worry that because folks may see one or two mosquitoes, that they'll suddenly think, oh, man, i got to go spray out and the spray yard. the whole yard, kill yeah, all absolutely. the insects in my yard, including the mosquitoes. And again, I don't disagree with that attitude if you're pregnant and young, but I also know that to prevent mosquitoes, you can use repellents. You don't yes. have to use DEET or other repellents. You can uh, get rid of standing water. Um, there's lots of ways to get rid of, of mosquitoes besides spraying the whole yard with insecticides. So I'm not going to argue the point with anybody, but I will say that please, please think about when you spray what the effect is on other beneficial Choose insects. Choose your battles. Choose your battles. And sometimes the mosquito battle is not exactly the battle yeah. that you need or perhaps should uh, fight on that particular day. Let's go to the phones, Mickey. we got lots of people already lined Good. up this morning. Phone number again, 404-872-0750. Comes to us first from way down in the wilds of... Spalding County, our friend Nicole. Nicole, good morning. Hello, hello, both of you. Good hello, morning, hello. Nicole. Wait a minute, Nicole. Everybody who loves and knows you and listens to you on Saturday morning <laughs> says, Mr. Reeves. <laughs> and you did not say Mr. Reeves this morning. Well, when you by yourself, yes, but I don't want to ignore Mickey, so I'm well, telling both of you. <laughs> that is truly that spoken is really as a, nice. an adopted <laughs> Southern woman. Yes. Nicole, thank you, yes. Nicole. That's very southern polite. Lady. So Reed, what's I on your mind this morning, Nicole? I had a, a, um, this, this bug, this kudzu bug. I it was stuck in my pants, and I smelled this thing. Does it have the smell, same smell as um, the uh, ladybug? No, we know? missed what you were talking yeah. about. What bug? The kudzu bug. Kudzu bug. Kudzu bug. Yeah, oh, yeah. It it, it's not exactly the same smell, but it, both of them like have a smell. Kudzu bug is much more a stink bug mm -hmm. than, the, than the ladybug is. Do you know, Nicole, about the kudzu bug's decline right now? Um, you see, I didn't see a lot. Two years ago, boy, I put some white clothes outside that were yeah. all over the white. And so now the now? grad student at the University of Georgia who's been studying kudzu bugs says, I can't find enough of them to do my studies, oh. <clears throat> and he's had to change his title to uh, try to explain why the decline in kudzu bugs. After, you know, five years ago, we all thought we're going to be eaten up by kudzu bugs, but now they're declining for reasons yet to be dis discovered. Yeah, you're right. I don't only see one this week, so imagine. Yeah. So have you seen kudzu bugs yet, Nicole, or are you just thinking about how they smell? No, I just saw one because it was stuck in my... <laughs> I was stuck in my T-shirt, and I <laughs> smelled something, so I know it was a uh, boy. Yeah. I so, saw some in my garage yesterday. Yesterday? Mm -hmm. All right. See, I haven't, I'm yeah. not really near a patch of kudzu, so I don't monitor them unless somebody tells me, like yeah. you, Mickey, that you've seen them somewhere. That's awesome. Not yeah. a bunch. But. So what do you want to talk about in the garden today, Nicole? Oh, Mr. Reeve, it's Clementus Evans. 
and clematis or clematis for They're gardeners out there who don't know how to pronounce it we don't uh. care uh it's either clematis or clematis or clematis or uh, that vine that has the pretty flowers on it that are blooming right now yes indeed they are blooming everywhere beautiful all kind of color isn't it until they, uh, they find a way to make it black or purple no purple <laughs> is already there <laughs> i love I, that big Purple one. The great big, big purple, purple one, one. Yeah. that's my favorite. I know. And the white one. Just zero names mm -hmm. of clematis. You know, uh, Nicole, you have one of the world, I mean, literally the world famous clematis expert near you. Do you know Lindy Broder? University of Georgia? No, 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 no. There's a woman down in McDonough, and she, Lindy, L Y N D Y, Lindy Broder, is recognized <laughs> as one of the world's experts on clematis or clematis. Mm. And Lindy has hundreds of different kinds of clematis growing in her garden. And she posts regularly on Facebook at this time of year. I rarely hear from her ever again the rest of the year. But for this time of year, she's got the pink one and the blue one and the purple one and the yellow one and the white one and every color of the rainbow of clematis that are blooming in her garden. And she talks about the various ones she's gotten from. She went traveling with me one year to New Zealand. And I should not tell you this, but maybe the statute of limitations has expired. But she would take a little plastic bag along with us to our to our gardens that we would visit in, in New Zealand. And if she saw a little clematis that wasn't guarded, that was you know growing in a wild place, not some place in a botanical garden. But if she saw one in a wild place, she'd just pick it up and put it in her little bag and put it in her purse, and that was into that clematis until she got back home. So uh, she has a number of wild collected clematis from all over the country and the world. And she's right there near you in McDonough. Oh, I would love to see her garden because this time of the year, I mean, just clematis everywhere. I mean, they propagate so easily. Call the um, extension office there in okay. Spalding County or call the master gardeners in Spalding County or somewhere around even Clayton County and those areas around you and just ask if anybody has a trip planned. I don't want you to walk in on somebody who is not expecting you, but yeah. I think that uh, Lindy does have regularly scheduled tours for special groups and for you nicole i think that would be a great trip oh that'd be a heck of a oh, trip isn't it mm. that would be terrific that'd be fabulous mm -hmm. nicole i gotta go i can see this clock says it's 6 17 so i gotta get out of here but it's great talking to you once again enjoy your day Bolden. watch out for those kudzu bugs they will smell watch out for them <laughs> bye -bye. Be, bye. we'll see you soon it's 6 17 at news talk wsb this is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. A beautiful Saturday and Sunday in front of us. Oh, man, it's going to be great this afternoon, 70s this afternoon. Lows overnight in the, yeah, about what it is right now, about 40 to 50 degrees. The full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. We're broadcasting live from the Pike Nursery in Swanee, Georgia, on Peachtree Industrial Boulevard. Coming up next is Bill in Williamson, who joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Bill, good morning. Good morning, guys. Uh, I have a question about pruning, but first of all, is it snowball tree or shrub? Or is that how you're trimming it? <laughs> I call it snowball shrub, but yeah, but man, that thing is big. big. <laughs> yeah, but Bill, I mean, I've seen one. The one at the Pike Nursery that used to be on Lawrenceville Highway was enormous. Yeah. It was like a tree, 
but it still had limbs all the way down to the ground, and those I usually call shrubs. Okay, I've Either got way. three of them in a row, and the tallest one is 12 feet tall. The shortest one is 6 feet tall, yeah. and I want to prune them so that they're the same height. Sure. Um, how is pruning going to affect the blooming for next year? Not particularly. Um, wait till all the flowers have fallen off of it now. Prune it between then and, I don't know, sometime in June maybe. You've got a long time to work on it. And then prune them to a similar height so they all match each other. I've seen snowball bushes that are pruned regularly that are just no more than five, maybe six feet tall. And the one that I saw at the Pike and Lawrenceville Highway, that was easily 20 feet tall. It was real big. Well, they planted it the same time. All years the same age, you think, Bill? No, no. I planted them three years mm -hmm. apart, so they're three different sizes, and I'd like okay. to get them the same size. Yeah. All right. So the big one, the older one, pruned it down a little bit more than the other ones, but mashing them up after, after three years yes. or so should be no problem at all. Won't hurt them to be pruned in the mm -hmm. least. Okay. Appreciate it. Thanks, buddy. Nothing mm -hmm. to it. Thank you, Carl. Thank you for calling, Bill. The one that I'm thinking of, a friend of mine has one in her backyard, and, Mickey, it is a little bit under a tree, and so it's leaned outward. Mm. It's 10 easily feet tall right now, so the top part that leaned outward, I went up into the tree and put a nice little wide strap around the tree trunk and then out oh, to yeah. the main trunk of the snowball bush and pulled it backward so it's uh, more straightened than it should be, but it still wants to lean yes. out towards the sunshine. And, by the way, for listeners who are wondering what a snowball bush is, if you look right now and see these big white balls on bushes and you think, wow, that's a pretty hydrangea, <laughs> it's not a hydrangea. It's a viburnum, actually, and the name for it commonly is snowball bush or snowball tree, perhaps. <laughs> but if you see those big white balls, just like a hydrangea, that's viburnum, snowball bush, uh, spring snowball, whatever you want to call it. And it is a fabulous plant, and the flowers are just spectacular this time of year. Coming up in the next half hour, Charlene in Douglasville has a great question about straw bale gardening. I know about that, Charlene, and I'll tell you what I know because I'm starting one right now. Nancy wants to know about how to pressure wash carefully. Jimmy wants to know about his Indian arrowhead that he found. And Garrett in Lawrenceville has a large ligustrum with problems. We'll talk to them as well as you, 404 872 0750. We'll be back right after news. And the singing. All together now. And the singing. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 635 on a Saturday. Do I get a little love from my audience here? Can we have a little... Yes, we can. Thank you very much. We're our cheerleaders. We're the pom-poms. We're the fireworks. Uh, we are broadcasting live this morning from the Pike Nursery in Swanee, Georgia. And yes, the Chick-fil-A biscuits have arrived. The angels, the twin angels from Chick-fil-A Moore's Road have uh, arrived with the coffee and the biscuits will follow pretty quickly. And if you want to come by and have breakfast on us, first hundred people who get here, 
We got some biscuits for you right here at Chick-fil-A or at the Pike Nursery in Swanee, Georgia. Mickey Gasway is here with me as well, and we'll be delighted to entertain any questions or any problems that you have. If you bring a picture on your cell phone, that is perfectly fine with us. Charlene is over in Douglasville. She joined us in Lawn and Garden. Hey, Charlene, good morning. Good morning, Walter. How can we help? I decided that this was the year I was going to do a straw bale garden. And so I prepared it the way I was supposed to, according to the directions. And then we just had all this rain, and all of a sudden, I had a huge crop of mushrooms. Yeah. Are they edible? Ooh. (laughs) I don't know, but I'm not going to tell you if they are or aren't, Charlene. My bet is that they are, but do not take my word for it. Oh. Oh, I mean, let me let me talk to our listeners a little bit, Charlene, about the whole concept of straw bale gardening because I'm setting up one myself right this minute. Uh, one of my neighbors um, passed away, and he, his daughter, and I are putting together a straw bale garden in his honor back of the house. And what you do for straw bale gardening is you line up wheat straw bales, and this is what Charlene has already done. And you put fertilizer on the top of the bale and then water it in. You put several applications of fertilizer, several waterings in. You do this two or three weeks ago now is when we started. And by the time the fertilizer has soaked into that bale, it'll decompose the straw and make a sort of a real rotten brown blackish interior of the straw bale into which you can put tomatoes and okra and beans and squash and anything you want to. And the advantage to it is it's a little bit higher and for Donna, she is in a wheelchair most of the time, and so she is a little bit higher for her garden. But all those nutrients that are in the hay bale, it makes it a fabulous place to grow vegetables. Do you use any soil in yours? I've read some places they'll put soil and some people don't. Yeah, what we do when we plant, which we haven't quite gotten ready to plant yet, is take a trowel and just sort of jab it in the middle of the straw bale and uh-huh. wiggle it. Put some potting soil in that hole and then plant the tomato in that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, Charlene, going back to your question, the decomposition of the straw bale is accomplished by any number of bacteria and fungi and things like that. You happen to get a particular fungi that wants to make a mushroom. Again, I'm not saying it's edible or not, but it's not bad for the straw bale experience. And if you want to just pick them and throw them away, that's fine with me. Pretty soon you'll be able to plant and you'll have fabulous garden experience this summer. Well, should I treat it again with more fertilizer? How many times have you done it so far, Charlene? Um, I did um, three days in a row and watered in a cup per bale, and then three days in a row with a half a cup and watered it in, and uh, then I've watered it off and on, and uh, I figured it was ready to plant in, and all of a sudden I go down and look at them, and (laughs) No, you're fine. Charlene, no more fertilizer is needed for it. If you put your hand down in the middle of the bale this morning around 10, 11 o'clock, it should feel warm inside the bale of hay. You'll find, you know, that's what that decomposition is doing, is breaking down the straw, a lot of heat being made, and it's almost time, I think, to plant tomatoes. Oh, wonderful, because I have a friend that gave me a couple of tomato plants. Great. Well, that's the reason why I discovered that I suddenly had, after the rain, mushrooms. Charlene, it's great talking to you. Have good luck with the straw bales. Thank you. We'll see you soon. We've got Jimmy out in Hampton, Georgia. Hey, Jimmy, good morning. Welcome to Lawn and Garden. Yeah, good morning. Um, last week I was tooling up my garden, and I found um, well, what I believe to be is an arrowhead. 
Yeah. And I was wondering if there was maybe somebody at the University of Georgia that I could send it to, or maybe some way to figure out how it's authentic or not. You know, I don't know that the University of Georgia is going to be your best resource, Jimmy. There are any number of sort of amateur archaeologists, I guess is the right word, ethnologists who know about the Indian movements around Georgia, the Creek, the Cherokee, the Muscogee, and all the rest of the different uh, confederations. And I think that in Henry County, in Hampton, Jimmy, you should be able to find somebody who would know offhand right that minute what you have. You know who I'd call? Call the Henry County Historical Society. I'll bet you there's somebody in the Henry Historical Society that knows arrowheads and can say, number one, if it is an arrowhead, number two, sort of which group of Native Americans uh, made it and give you a little more information more than I can. Okay. Um, it sounds good, then. Yeah, Henry, and if they if Henry County can't help you, call the Fayette County Historical Society. They got a bunch of smart people there as well. Okay, we'll do. Thanks for all. All right, Jim. Thanks for calling. Good luck with that arrowhead. That's supposed to be real, real good luck to find one of those. Okay, appreciate it. We'll see you, man. I guess it's good luck for Jimmy. Bad luck for the Native American who lost it. Who thought, "Dead gummit, where did that? I shot my arrow over there, and the arrowhead. Now I'm all that time making it, and now it's gone." Duh. Garrett's in Lawrenceville, Georgia, and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Garrett, good morning. Welcome to Lawn and Garden. Hey there, Walter. I appreciate uh, being able to call in and get through. Um, I've got a um, ligustrum hedge. It's about 30 foot long, and it's mm -hmm. about between, uh, I'd say, 9 and 10 foot tall. And uh, it's about 15 years old. And what I'm having trouble with is basically three three of the of the bushes have just slowly died off, um, and I'm not sure if it's something related to the soil, if it's something related to uh, possibly a landscape crew in a right of way nearby spraying the bush. Um, but you know, it, each one died off about two months time period, slowly changing from you know from the bottom up, turning right. to a very dark colored green. Uh, while the top of the bush stayed very, you know, vibrant and looked well alive, and then it just slowly kind of started browning out and died, and oh. waited, and then the next one started the same process. And then I the would have thought if it was a spray, though, yeah. that all three of them mm -hmm. would have been affected at the same time. If it was progressive from one to the next to the next, then that doesn't sound to me like a spray. Is one of them any yeah. lower than the other one? I mean, are these in a lower area or? No, yeah, they're all in a very flat area. Um, okay. All the same heights, um, planted in the same areas. Um, and there's nothing really around those bushes that are shading it. Um, you know, they're in full sun virtually all day long. Um, and, and I'm just as mind-boggled as <laughs> about yeah. it. Did you look around the base of the plant? Um, yeah, I mean, there's, uh, around the base, it's just um, a very, very, like, um, bare ground. Um, huh. okay. Yeah. You know, See, the, I know where Mickey's going with this, because both of us agree that ligustrum is a tough plant. Yeah. They don't just up and die on you. And so yeah. when three of them like this are dying, we immediately think, well, some external thing mm -hmm. spraying, but it doesn't sound That's like spraying. Saying. She was thinking maybe something had harmed it at the base, like a vole maybe chewed around the bottom of one of them. But voles would be under mulch, yeah. yes, but on bare ground, not so much. Voles are not uh, that, uh, mm -hmm. they don't like to be out of the open that much. Water, Mickey was heading toward that direction. Was it too much water? Going to get soggy around the bottom of the plants? Didn't seem to be that either. 
So at this point, we don't have an answer for you. We don't have an answer, Garrett. Oh, uh, we were pretty good, but we can't know everything. And right this yeah. minute, we don't know what's going on there. Because the pattern yeah, just doesn't fit anything in our experience. Gotcha. Is there, gotcha. Is there any chance, is there any green on it now, Garrett? Um, no, right now they've all, the, the three have completely turned brown wow. uh, to the point where, you know, they're, it, it, I'm, I'm wondering whether the next one's going to start. <laughs> well, look, so, tell you what, dude, just keep your up. eyes open and, and dig it up and see if you see anything odd and weird about the root system. Keep your eyes okay. open for the possibility of some sort of leaf spot. Ligustrums occasionally yeah. get a leaf spot. It doesn't defoliate usually, but keep your eyes open for that. And if you see something suspicious, that would be your opportunity, Garrett, to send pictures to my website. I've got a place called Name That Plant, but people send commonly pictures of bugs and pictures of diseases and things, and I'll take a stab at it there if you want to. Gotcha. Okay. That right. works. Garrett, it's great talking to you. Thanks for All calling. Right. Comes to us now. Do we have time? Yeah, we got time for Bridget in here. Bridget calls to us from Flowery Branch, Georgia. Hey, Bridget. Good morning. Good morning, Walter. I listen to you every week. How can we help, Bridget? Um, well, I'm calling on behalf of my aunt, and I don't have a whole bunch of knowledge about lawn and garden, but um, she's been complaining about azalea bush that she's got. She planted four azalea bushes out in front of her house um, in front of another row of bushes about 10 years ago. Yeah. And three of them have gotten massive. They're beautiful, um, beautiful colors coming through. But the one terracotta one that's between two a little down the hill, it's actually kind of dwarfed. And she said for years she can't get it to grow, and she doesn't know whether to replace it in another area of the yard. But she doesn't want to leave that big hole where they're, they're, about, they're taller than I am. I'm about five feet tall, so yeah. they're big. When, when you have similar plants that two or three of them do fine and the one other one is oddly behaving and just doesn't seem to be the right size, I always think about root system. Don't you, Mickey? Yeah, yeah I wonder how it was planted. Maybe yeah, it was, was planted, planted too deep. Or... Too deep, too high. It uh, had a bad root system to mm -hmm. begin with. Maybe the roots got turned around in the pot and kinking around, and so they never really expanded very much. But that is the most likely thing that is happening there's something about the original planting or the root system is not not developed like it should and i think uh bridget tell your aunt or you, maybe you go help her dig it up and see what happens i wonder when you said it was terracotta is it different colored than the other ones um yeah it is it's a different i color. wonder if it's a different variety yeah, if it I may be a karoom or a, a smaller as a it may just be one you're that's gonna have to look that smaller. up look it up and find out if terracotta is naturally supposed to be smaller than these other five foot tall ones Maybe yeah, it's behaving like it's supposed to. Big pink ones, they're light pink and dark. Like a Carl Bell or something okay. like that. Yeah. Is it got smaller leaves? Um, I went up to it and looked at it a little closer. I mean, and it's the. I mean, it, everything kind of looks the same that you know you expect on the azaleas. They look. It looks like the same because I asked her that if she thought maybe yeah. you know there's because it's a different color or different um, type of plant, but. It's, um, I mean, the flowers just barely grow in, and 
It's about half the size of the other three bushes, and it just variety. sits between those other two looking just the worst. It's awful. So and she I doesn't want to move it and have a big hole right there because she's like, well, where am I going to get another 10-year-old azalea to put right there? Well, I think you and she have, have two choices, maybe three choices. One is to leave it where it is and just have a short one and two tall ones. Two, dig up the one that you have, really prepare a nice new area for one that's the same size as your two big ones and plant another one there. You'll be surprised. They grow, azaleas grow pretty fast, and so you may have a nice, nicely formed and evenly uh, height azalea, even height azalea there in two or three years. Um, or you can do a little more investigation and see if she remembers exactly which variety the smaller one is and compare that to pictures online and see if it's supposed to be naturally smaller and we'll find out what it is in that regard but those are your choices dig it up replace it leave it where it is any one of those is fine with me thanks for calling bridget we got to go it is 648 you're listening to lawn and garden this is scott slade host of atlanta's morning news on news 95 5 at am 750 wsb we'll be covering breaking news kirk mellish weather and traffic red alerts through the weekend and the southeast largest news team is here for you first thing monday morning when you head back to work news 95 5 at am 750 wsb Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. Here. There they come. And a quick weather day brought to you by Ackerman Security. Sunny, clear today, highs in the mid-80s and low tonight, 53, 54 degrees or so. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Melvin, speaking of chickens, Melvin is in Austell with a question about his chickens. Melvin, hey, good morning. Yes, I got a quick question, Walter. Uh, when I clean the chicken house out and the chick manure, how long when I put it in the garden? How, how long do I have to wait for that break down? I can just put it in the soil and plant. Desiree, she's we, got chickens at the wild. We let ours sit for a while. How long do you let it sit? A mm, couple months, usually. I, my, I don't know my, that it's necessary, but we my do. rule is that if it doesn't smell really bad, it smells really bad. Well, all right, if it's got ammonia in it, then <laughs> yeah, it's it does. It does yeah, smell bad. All right, <laughs> so wait. let it set. We want to get the ammonia to evaporate out of it, and that takes a month or so, as Mickey said. When I was a kid, we cleaned out the chicken houses once every six months or so, I guess. And because we're spreading that real thinly over the pasture, it really didn't matter that we didn't have to let it set at all then because it spread so thinly. But in a garden, I think, yeah, let's wait till, it, it'll, wait till the ammonia goes away. I have to tell you this. My daddy had chicken manure spread over our front lawn the week oh, yeah. before prom. And I thought I was going to die. Every time I think about that, I think, don't do it to her. I don't do it, Daddy. Please I don't do it. For the first time this week, you helped me with the, uh, the, the reddish. Hey, Melvin, that's great. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Have a great day. Thank Good luck you. with that chicken manure, Melvin. I've had a lot of experience, as has Mickey with chicken manure. And we perhaps don't want to have any more experience with it. Melvin, you're starting on the right foot to know when and where and how to use it in the garden. 404-872-0750 is the number on Lawn and Garden. We're broadcasting live from Pike Nursery in Swanee, Georgia. A very happy audience here because they're eating Chick-fil-A biscuits. We thank Chick-fil-A at Moore Road for that. We'll have some giveaways with Chateau Lawn in a little bit. We'll be back right after news.